the same room, same clothes on, same day. It's just part two. So I'm back with David Motley. Howdy. We're about to talk about some more of our equipment that we use in the daily while playing Airsoft. Uh, we're about to get into eye protection. And if you haven't seen the first part of this, probably should go do that because a lot of this isn't going to make sense. And while you're at it, watch the podcast before that. And then all the other ones that are out. Yeah, watch them all. Just tell like, your friends. Like five times each. Your eye protection, or eye pro, is vital to any airsoft kit. Mainly because it's required. This is a straightforward bit of advice that I'm about to give you. Just buy what suits you. Ask around. Look at other people. I use a dye mask. And I think they're some of the top tier kind of masks. But they are a little bit pricey. So, masks just differ between anyone. You got... Two-piece, one-piece, tinted, untinted. There's a lot out there. Uh, what do you have to say on it? So, real quick, dye masks. I've had bad experiences with dye masks in a four. I've owned one, and I've tried the dye four. The dye four is a little small for my big head, and my beard's going to stick down from anything anyway. Uh, one of the biggest things that I've had with any kind of mask that has a plastic mouth covering is I normally don't get enough ventilation, which I talked in the last podcast about cutting heat any way you can, You'll catch me in some of my GoPro footage sucking air because I'm sprinting nonstop. So one thing I do with all my masks, and everyone hates it, when especially when I do it to an expensive mask, is I take a razor blade and cut out the mouthpiece of it, then take one of those metal mesh mouthpieces that you see new players running all the time, and I will zip tie it to it. What this allows me to do is breathe a little easier, and I can communicate easier because I don't have the plastic muffling me. Granted, sometimes a BB will hit me at close range, shatter on it, and go in my mouth, but that's only like, <coughs> good hit. You know, it's never hurt me. I've just consumed a fair share of BBs. I think any airsofter can say that he's consumed a fair share of BBs. Yeah, that's not gonna, what you have. If you're going to pop in handfuls of BBs, are you really, Milson? So you brought up a good thing, talking about tinted lenses. Now, I have very blue eyes, and I have very sensitivity to light. So when I'm out in the sun, I like to wear tinted eye pro. Now, when I'm inside, especially in buildings where it's dark corners are abundant, if you're wearing dark eye pro, there's a chance that you're going to miss someone, especially someone wearing all black sitting in the shadows. If you got tint on, you're asking for trouble. Some people disagree with me on that. They like nice reflective lenses. So for whatever reason, they think it looks cool. And it does look cool. But when I'm playing indoor, I like nice, clear, dual thermal lenses. When we say dual thermal, it's two pieces of lens that are together with foam around the outsides. And what it does, it creates a air gap in the middle, which helps prevent fog. So instead of buying the most ludicrously expensive mask, I recommend starting with something small, the Valken masks. They're like $30, they're cheap, they've got good lenses in them, they are dual thermal. Cut the mouth out, put the metal mesh on, and you have pretty much what I wear every day to indoor. Now, granted, I hear people all the time, so, oh, I don't wanna wear that mask because I can't get a good cheek weld. You know, you're trying to look down your sock, look down your sights. Now you've got this metal mesh thing on your mouth and you can't do it. I don't run guns with stocks normally. They are airsoft guns. They do not have massive recoil. I don't need a third point of contact. So then I hold the gun right in front of my mask and I shoot using the sights that way if I use my sights. Now, granted, we talked about going outside and the sunlight being an issue. I will wear uh, shooting glasses normally. The ones that I recommend, you can get them really cheap on Amazon if you're looking around for them. They're the ESS crossbows. And then the ESS suppressors, if you're wearing ear protection, they've got thinner sides on them so that if you're wearing them underneath ear pro, they don't put a hot spot on the side of your head. 
they're not perfect and a lot of fields probably won't allow them because they aren't full seal you can get gaskets that make them full seal but because they're not dual thermal you'll start experiencing fog issues so i signed a waiver i wear shooting glasses when given the opportunity but then the issue comes if i'm running dark eye pro because i'm outside and now i've gone inside now i have to make that choice i can't switch my eye pro out on the field safely and efficiently so sometimes i have to bite the bullet and just wear my clears out in the sun if that's the situation i'm going to be in uh we're going to sum up our uh like wearing your gear section with a few miscellaneous things i'll let you add on at the end a little bit here but i'm gonna go over neck covering <laughs> for the love of god use something on your neck it's gonna hurt a lot if you get shot there i mostly only get shot in the throat by teammates Normally, as I'm walking back to respawn, and I've been so far ahead that no one thinks I'm that far ahead, and as I'm walking back, even if I am saying dead man, they're going to shoot me in the throat. I actually had a player use one of my own techniques against me and got low to the ground, shot up and hit me twice in the neck. I'm not going to say you absolutely have to wear neck protection, especially not anything super absorbent or exuberant, I mean. Take a schmog. Yeah. Take a schmog. Wrap it around your neck. A schmog is just a piece of cloth. It really likes to be the cloth in a square shape. I also recommend go on YouTube, watch people type in how to tie a shemog, learn the proper way to do it so you don't look like a bag of ass. But that's the real situation of it is you're going to look kind of absolutely weird if you don't know how to tie the thing. Or right. just be a Boy Scout. Or be learn a Boy yourself. Scout. Learn to tie some knots. Be a man. So uh, anything else that's like... Neck protection, not really a lot of it. My my advice when it comes to protection generals, don't get shot. Which, of course, isn't the easiest thing wow. to do it here, Bob. But yeah, if you can just not get shot, you'll save it. Uh, we talked about why I don't like the dye mask on my big head. I'll actually run the metal mesh lower on my face, so it actually will cover a good deal of my chin and the beginning of my neck. Now, granted, I'm wearing a polo with a V-neck, so if you shoot me square in the middle of my chest, that's fresh skin. That's going to sting a little bit, but it's not the end of the world. If I got shot square standing straight up, that's my fault for not paying attention. Uh, anything other than like neck coverings? Uh, you said something about your arm uh, gauntlet things in the last Yeah, episode. I do have two gauntlets, and they... Uh, they're by Lalax. They're 50 bucks a piece. They're expensive. Not sponsored. Yeah, not sponsored. But I'm just telling you the brand. Uh, they're kind of goofy looking, especially the pictures they have to sell them is some absolute mall cop looking individual. I've run them for probably almost two years now, about enough time for me to actually do a solid review. They've held up extraordinarily well. I can still feel a DB impact, no problem. But where I wear a lot of short sleeve shirts, I don't want my forearms looking absolutely torn to shreds. And trust me, a lot of my body looks torn to shreds, especially when I come home on a Saturday. And I go to my roommates, I take my shirt off, I'm like, look how well I did today. I got absolutely lit up. Look like a smallpox victim. Oh yeah, crackhead baby. Something that you are well versed on is what we're going to jump into, jump into next is melee weapons. <laughs> uh, although not a requirement, a melee weapon is always good to have. Add a little bit of personalization to your kit as well. I personally run a kunai. I, I love those things. They're super cool. They're super tiny. You can really stab someone, and I just love it. Melee weapons in general is just a little icing on the cake. Now, there's special rules, especially when you have armor field, and you have to check with your field on it, is if you walked up behind someone and took one of these fake, safe, warp-friendly knobs and stabbed them, they don't scream hit. They just accept the death and move on. And it's just a way, one, it's quiet. Two, it's a respectful thing of like, I didn't have to shoot you. I'm good enough that I can get right behind you and you didn't realize it. It's a lot easier to do than you think because people get super dumb with it. It's kind of like flipping your paper on a test before anyone else. Oh, yeah. It's just like, like I'm better than you. I didn't I didn't have to shoot you from across the map. I walked up and stabbed you. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I was in the military, I carried a knife. 
And I spent a lot of time talking to my friends about how we would carry knives. You know, in, in the real world application, there's ways that you do and do not want to do it. For airsoft, I'm not worried about someone rolling on the ground with me and taking my knife and trying to stab me with it. So where I currently have it is on my battle belt. Like I said, I run most of my stuff on a battle belt. From my 12 o'clock position to my 3 o'clock position is dead space because my holster is on my 3 o'clock and my first mag for my handgun starts at about my 12 if I was standing on top of a clock. That's where the positioning is. So I run a knife horizontally with a little tiny holster that I made myself with tape and cardboard, nothing fancy. What it allows me to do is my right hand's on my gun. I'm still aiming at the dude as I'm walking up to him because if he turns around, I'm not going to get the knife kill. I'm just going to shoot him, take the knife out with my left hand, give him a poke, and I always say something to him, right? I'll say stab or knife kill or something to that effect to let them know what's going on. It's not their buddy tapping them on the shoulder. I want to get around you. Tap them with it, then either go for the next guy or take it and put it back away. That's a big thing I talk to people about is if you want to run a melee weapon, have an easy way to get it out, an easy way to put it back because you're not going to need it all the time. And you've, you've absolutely seen me on GoPro stuck with my knife in my hand and I can't put it away for whatever reason my holster wasn't working or something. So now I'm just running with a pistol and a knife going after people to the best of my ability. Not your current one. Not the one you're using right now. But in the past, what has been some of your, if not the, favorite of your melee weapons? I've run several tomahawks, one of which I painted red, white, and blue. I call that one uh, Rean Glory. I've run the Leviathan Axe from God of War. I have run a tiny foam baseball bat that I got from Dollar Store. Uh, anything and everything can work. I actually think it's super funny to get a really silly melee weapon. I uh, I saw somebody that killed someone for flip-flop last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was actually familiar with that one. I lost that bet pretty bad. Yeah, he actually went with the, uh, the flip-flop. We're trying to get throwing weapons into the mix now. Yes. We're trying really hard, but there's a lot of, like, Man, that could turn to bad real fast. Mm -hmm. Someone trying to chunk something heavy at someone else. We have it in the works. We, we have, have it in the works. We have confirmed that we can use throwing weapons. We just have to find a way to standardize them. Yeah. And as soon as we do, expect a video very, very soon. Things like lightsabers, we see that a lot. We don't allow stuff like that. Let me talk about some of the craziest things we've had brought in. So we allow the rubber training knobs because those are always good. Uh, if you don't have one and want to, we actually allow new players to use a weapons magazine as a knife. And all they do is they walk up and poke you with it and you're dead. And it's, it's something fun. No rentals usually going to pull that off, but it happens every once in a while. When we say you want to bring in a Nerf weapon or your own homemade weapon, we have to check it first. One of the first ones I ever got was this kid, a Carl, tried and true, came in with lead pipe, galvanized lead pipe with bathroom or uh, it was a bathroom floor mats wrapped around it he had two of them he's like yeah i'm gonna use this and i slapped it on my hands like no take that outside and uh, i tell that joke every time i talk about melee weapons another one that actually scared me just slightly was a kid had brought up a knife and it was like a little dagger and it had tape on it like blue tape on it and it had a nice rubberized cold steel style grip and it looked like maybe he just put tape on a cold steel training knife well, I took the dagger and I tapped the end of it to see how sturdy it was and I started bleeding. He had taken a real knife, wrapped two layers of tape on it and wanted to use it. I'm like, kid, you are actually going to stab somebody. So we told him, please take that back to your car. It's only slightly fatal. Only slightly. And another thing on that is, even if you do have a training knife, if it's still really rigid, you know, if you walked up behind someone and just railed them in the ribs with it as hard as you could, man, expect them to turn around pretty agitated with you. You know, don't hurt the other player. It's normally just like I'm walking up to him and I'm tapping him with him like, hey, man, you're dead. And they'll turn and look at me and go, dang it. You know, yeah. uh, speaking of, I was actually looking on Amazon 
for these little squeaky hammers. There were these Happy New Year style like horns that you can squeeze and it'll make a little squeaky noise. We talked about this, yeah. And I have two of them and I just ripped them from the horns and I plan on putting them on uh, two sides of a hammer because I've seen it before. I kind of like that. No, I could definitely run something like that. Someone actually gave me a replica of Thor's hammer the other day and wanted me to kill someone with it. I didn't get the opportunity to because it was it was a slam pack day. Getting around people when there's sixty people on this field's really rough. It's kind of one of those things of I'm not going out there looking for a melee kill. Melee kills just present themselves to me, and I take them when I can get them. A lot of the players on our field that know each other, you know, there's a symbol of respect to it. Is I've walked behind players and just tapped them on the shoulder like, "Hey man, you're dead." And I was like, "Oh, you got me." You know, didn't have a melee weapon. Uh, actually. I walked up on two guys the other day and took the back of my gun and just tapped them on the shoulder with it and went bonk, bonk. And they looked at me like, yeah, you're both dead. And they weren't going to sit and argue with me, but I definitely didn't have a knife on me. So if they had turned and shot me, I would have been fine with it. Take what you can. Yeah. Always be ready to shoot them, though. If you're going to melee someone, be ready to shoot them because they might turn on a dime. So we got about two more topics left. We have secondaries and primaries. When you go over secondaries first, leave primaries for last. Secondaries, only so much advice can be given for a secondary before we continue. Into any weapon, do not waste your time on a spring or clear soft gun. And when I say spring, I don't mean like a sniper rifle. Those are powered by springs and they're very powerful. What I mean is if you have an assault rifle, you don't need to be racking it back every time you need to shoot it. Disagree fully. You disagree fully? Disagree fully. We will get into it. A good secondary will get you an elimination when all else fails. Or if you just feel like it. A secondary will be readily available at any point in the battle. You can just pull it from your holster or anything you have it sitting in. Like you had a shotgun... Sitting in a sheath on your back. We'll get into that in a little while. I personally have many trial and errors when it comes to uh, secondaries. I've had a bad history of having secondaries. I've settled on a Glock 17 for now, which I really enjoy. Uh, the best advice that I can give to anybody is just find what suits you. It's, it's yeah. going to be trial and error for sure. I mean, if you want to look like a super sapper ranger seal guy and have the handgun on you, that's fine. And I know we've all played Call of Duty or switch your secondaries faster than reloading. I'm going to say no on that one. So the way I see it is my secondary is not all oh, my primary messed up. My secondary is probably going to be a tool for a job. Rather, like at Blackstar, I had an MP5 on my back because they had full auto rules. And sometimes the handgun can't whack people at 70 yards all that easy. But a fully automatic machine gun at 20 feet can absolutely do the job for me. And I was able to use it like that. Talked about uh, spring guns like uh, your bolt-action rifles. Keep them one on your back. You know, you're running your primary, which is, like, for me, a handgun. Then it's, all oh, that dude's 200, 300 feet away. I need to get him off that roof so I can get in the building, pull it off, use it, and put it away. I don't like this idea of, oh, I'm waiting for my primary to mess up so that I can get this handgun out and try to finish the fight. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's not where I stand on it because I primarily use a handgun to begin with. You're kind of biased on that one. I'm a little biased on that one. Uh I'm actually looking to build myself a long gun that I can just backpack and use my handgun freely. That's new. Yeah. I'm not a big advocate of long guns, but man, if a squad needs a tool, you need to be ready for it. Mm -hmm. And getting really good with your handgun and using it as a primary can absolutely open you up to that because a lot of fields will be like, well, I'm a saw gunner with a handgun. So now I get a saw that I can keep handy on me, but I'm really just proficient in my handgun. This idea of you're running a rifle that's really good, really ranged, plenty of ammo, but you're going to switch over to a lesser, weaker, shorter shooting gun. No, no. If I'm in a bad problem, I want a bigger gun. I want a stronger, faster gun if I'm in that kind of trouble. Mm -hmm. So I don't recommend players get in the habit of, 
old, this gun's out of ammo, I need to switch over. Get used to reloading quickly. Very quickly. Very quickly. Practice. Practice. Sure. Practice every day. Let's get to the spring clear soft Good. thing we're yes. at here. I am very confident that you could buy me any Walmart gun, and with about a week or two of solid practice, and I'm talking about actually sit in my room and practice in front of a TV, listen to music, I can learn it just as well as anything, especially at close quarters. Now, when we start getting longer ranges like outdoor play gets, that's where the quality of the gun starts changing. If you want to run a clear spring pistol and you're quick and you know your field, you can absolutely rack up the kills. Now, clear spring pistols yep. are lenient on my terms. I'm talking about assault rifles. I don't agree with having a spring-powered assault rifle. If you have the not even semi-automatic bolt-action version of an assault rifle, I feel like you've gone wrong somewhere in life. Well, I mean, take it. Take the stock off it, like I would do all my guns, and run it however you want. I'm telling you right now, if you learn where that gun shoots, you practice with it, you've hit targets with it, you've maneuvered with it, you understand it. I would rather have a clear spring rifle that's four foot long than an HPA gun that sometimes likes to stop shooting. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's I what agree. I'm saying. We're talking, we're talking about gear. I'm talking like I am not afraid to take a clear spring Walmart gun go to, uh, because I'm willing to put the time in. And I will fight anybody on it. Well, how many times have clear, soft, spring-powered pistol been more reliable than an AEG or a... Almost every time. Almost every time. You don't need batteries for a spring pistol. Oh, okay. You're getting The gears don't get tore up on a spring pistol. Everything else does, though. Yeah. But you got you got a spring and a compression tube. You rack it, and then you fire it. How many broke spring pistols have you seen players break because they were using it too much? Oh, that's fair. I yeah. haven't seen my, I haven't seen many. I would I would uh the enforcers, they're CO2 non-blowback pistols. We used to make it where everyone on our team had to have one because you could run it over with a truck. Okay, that's a little bit much. You can't run it over with a truck. It would always work. And there have been positions where my gun just rah, took a big old crap on me and I'm like, man, I wish I had one gun that would just work. I love the enforcer. It's also not a spring powered weapon. I know, but I'm just using a more extreme example. Okay. If I had to rack the enforcer to shoot it every time still run it would you yeah i love them the only reason i don't run them anymore is because i actually maintain my guns that i like running more All right. so i'm not going to say if you've got a spring handgun and you want to keep it on you but you do have a decent rifle go for it if you've got a decent rifle and a crappy spring rifle bring them both because guess what that fancy rifle might just die on you if you have the opportunity it's better to bring it than not to bring it is what i'll yeah, say absolutely I feel like we can agree on that. We can agree on that. I, I do agree with you on it's better than nothing. But I mean, get you a spring gun, learn how to run it. You'll have some good times. I might. I might just go out and see if I've been wrong. You ever run a spring tri shot? Uh, shotgun. Tri yeah. Yeah. yeah those are money, honey. Oh yeah. They those do. are those are awesome. I've never had one of those break on me. That's for sure. No, I mean, I broke three, but they've been my fault. Slapping them against stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like. Anyway. Oh, before we continue, actually, secondary weapons. What are we using? What are you using right now? Oh, I'm running the Elite Force Glock 17 with CO2 mags. Funny, I'm running the Elite Force Glock 17 with CO2 mags. Say what you want about Elite Force, man. So they either make you the most durable gun in the entire world, or that gun will explode on you as soon as you pull it out of the box. It's just a gamble, and I hate that it's a gamble, but if you get one that works, it works really well. The only things that I've done to my gun is I pulled out the barrel and hop up and put in Poseidon 
barrel and hop up. They're great for consistency. I've also taken the potted aluminum parts in the back of the trigger housing and replaced them with steel ones, but I only replace them when one of them breaks. And right now, there are no steel parts in my gun because none of them have broken. I bought the pieces and have not needed to put them back in. Actually, I've I've known of an instance whenever we went to Florida and played nope. in the Wasteland. Uh, it was a bias. Uh, I had bought a spring, 130% spring to put into it because I thought it'd be cool. And for some reason, it wouldn't fit in my gun. The tolerances on the opening for the end of the slide uh, spring guide were too tight and it was catching on it. I took it out. My friend Bias had the exact same gun, exact same company, and we switched springs. It worked in his gun and then I used his and mine to make it work again. So, like I said, they're not perfect. I've had a Glock 17. You know, my Glock 17 fits in all my real-world holsters because I run real Glocks. They are licensed by Glock. They are licensed by Glock. But I bought one. It wouldn't fit in any of my holsters. It was too light on the sides. So, there's a little bit of playing into them. So, mm-hmm. if you get one and it doesn't work for you, sorry, you just got to live. There is only so much I can say for primary weapons. There are so nope. many out there. And I can only give so much advice because I am so terrible at picking guns. Yep. I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, every gun I pick up, it just breaks within the month. So I am don't work on guns all that much. I usually have someone build them for me. And like I said, I like my guns small. If you've seen my superior waifu, it is an M4. It has no stock on it and a four-inch barrel. It runs good old EMP, uh, M4 mags. I got a tracer unit on it, and I have the battery taped to the side of it. And it is absolutely a monster. It's a dual sector gear, and it's also got a uh, Titan gate in it. My other... You don't want to be on the other side of it. No, it's, it's, again, shoots 250 feet per second. Uh, The other gun that I run that I just had built by Sniper Joe Customs, so far highly recommend it, was an ARP-9. And the reason I did the ARP-9, it looks exactly like the Spear Waifu, no stock, short barrel, just like any other ARP-9, is that some fields actually have full auto rules for SMG classes. And the only thing that makes them call it an SMG is if the magazine looks like a pistol caliber, right? (laughs) So Superior Waifu, being less than a foot long in total, was not an SMG. So I had to make this thing happen. And they're extremely consistent. I can hold it right in front of my mask and shoot it. I will one-hand it whenever given the opportunity. It's light enough. Whenever given the opportunity. Yeah, whenever given the opportunity. Now, you'll you'll see it. And sometimes if I really got to hit you from distance, I'll put both hands on that gun. But a lot of times you'll see me one-hand it. That's whenever you really get a compliment. If Motley has to put both hands on the gun to kill you. I'll even uh, cut myself on GoPro, mumbling myself, aiming my gun. <laughs> and, uh, one of the things I was doing on Instagram was like Motley's one taps of the week where I was getting these ludicrously long single shots on people. I get it. You're on a field. You've got a community where you got to hit people several times and make them call it. You're not going to get one taps like I get one taps. I just so happen to have a community where guys normally call their stuff and the guys that don't get weeded out really quickly. So when it comes to primary, absolutely max out on that primary. I spend a lot of time working on my reloads, right? I'm pulling one out. I'm putting one back. I'm thinking about how my mags are going to go. I'm reloading from behind cover, pop out, shoot, get behind cover, reload. I'm never at a point where I can think, well, I should just stop holding this gun altogether and go for a different gun. I very rarely on any game will I bring two guns. If I bring two guns, because I'm not going to be able to reload anytime soon. I don't know if I'm going to run out of ammo. The only time the mob primary goes away is if I've expelled every single round out of it I can. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give a recommended gun that I would say for, you know, newer players. Go for it. 
And I'm also going to give a gun that I would not recommend to anyone. Okay. And I'm not going to name any specific brands because I'm not going to try to hate on anyone because they do have good guns. It's no, just... hate away. So, ARP-9. I, I love my ARP-9. I don't really use it as much as I used to because I have a newer gun now and I like to use it. But I have it's the one gun that hasn't broken on me once. And so for that, I have to give it all of my respect. It is a very versatile, small, use-it-anywhere kind of gun. I tore the piston out of my ARP-9 the first game I went to with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Battle for Tazewell 4, Battle of Clinch. I was holding a minigun in one hand and then on the other, shooting at full auto. And it went from... And I stripped the gears clean out of it. I was going to have to go over change a bunch of stuff. I found Sniper Joe Customs, and he was like, I'll replace everything in it with brand new stuff. And I was like, bet. Gave him my money. He gave me back a solid gun. And he's not the first time that I've heard of someone having to replace everything inside of an ARP-9. Really? So if your ARP-9's running like gold, run like keep gold. it. Run it. Love it. But when it breaks, there's a lot of parts out there for it. Apparently, it's not that hard to work on. Well, that's good. And except for the breaking part. Is that the one you would recommend? I have to say, uh, either that or just, uh, I always like, it's at Academy of uh, Sports. It's just an H&K. I've seen 100 people use it. I used it when I first started out. It's like 100 bucks. Didn't break on me either. All right. Yeah. So, it's a cheap, versatile gun. When I talk about guns, people are like, hey, I want to buy a gun. The first thing I tell them is, long-range shooting is very, very difficult. It takes a lot of practice just to get a BB to travel the way and understand how the BB travels, but also takes a significant amount of money to outrange most modern AEGs and uh, HPA guns. So what I say is get something that it takes in four mags because everyone runs in four mags. Get something with a version two or a version two compatible gearbox because everyone runs that. There's always parts for it and get something small. I know you're thinking that you want to be a big DMR guy, but it's a lot easier to throw a longer inner barrel and a suppressor on a gun than trying to make your gun smaller if you decide that ah, it's not really for me. So go small because it's easy to make big, but it's a lot harder to make a gun smaller without a hacksaw. You would know a little bit about that. I've hacksawed my fair share of guns, yes. Now my gun that I wouldn't recommend is a gas shotgun. Oh, absolutely. And all of my days, <laughs> I've never had... First day I got my gas shotgun. God, this is so cool. I rack it, I shoot it, and the entire side explodes in the little slide on the side where you can select either a three-shot or a six-shot just detonated the whole thing was adjacent to the gun and all the gas had gone through it and i sent it down got it repaired um bring it back and i'm like well it's not it's broken anymore it's not exploding i look at the back of it and it immediately starts leaking the day i got it back the gas started leaking out of it immediately it and i don't know if it's just my luck because we know my luck is terrible with guns it's just terrible experience with those guns I have owned five gas shotguns in the last decade, and all of them have been complete and utter garbage when in comparison to their spring-powered counterparts. Spring-powered shotguns spring are the best. Spring-powered shotguns, because as long as you got BBs, you got fun times. Now, we talk about that real quick, because the spring shotgun is probably my best indoor weapon, just because like a gas gun would be, it's as soon as you pull that trigger, that BB's flying out of the gun. And if you learn what your trajectories are with it and with the same BBs and just used to it, you can absolutely arch two O's way across the field. Uh, some people have issues with pulling back the springs on three, right? If you're a young guy or you don't have big old meat mortars on the ends of your shoulders, get a stock. Put that stock to you, really ratchet it, and pull it back. Now, me, I'm a relatively big, wolfy guy, and I spend a lot of time in the gym. I will push forward with the pistol grip because I have no stock and pull back with the slot 
and kind of rack them both at the same time gets me fast. I would I would recommend the smaller one either way. Yeah, it'll be hard sometimes. It'll wear it out though. It'll get easier as it goes on because yeah. I'm a I'm a really small guy. I don't have those meat mortars, and I could rack it. Please, please. Uh, there was an old joke that they used to make. It was like, if you want to know a cool mod to up the rate of fire some of these spring shotguns, you just want to find something around 25 pounds and pick it up in your hand and just curl it until you can't curl it anymore, and then you'll you'll see your rate of fire improve. Strong, strong go fast. Strong go fast. Strong go fast. We're hearing the uh, end of this second part now. Um, if there's anything you want to add on for weaponry, anything like that, we'll go get that out of the way. So there'll be a lot of players on the field that are going to look at you and be like, oh, you're not running the coolest gear. You've not got the most Gucci equipment. This isn't crop precision pants. Absolutely ignore them. If you want to run whatever, run whatever. And I make a big point to what I call poor boy kits, where I will spend the least amount of money possible. We're talking like the $30 Falcon mask, some $7 gloves, the clothes that I would normally wear, and then like a little pouch on my hip that holds five shotgun shells, the cheap $60 spring shotgun, and I will absolutely open up on everybody. Not because my gear's good, but because, one, I know the field. Two, I've been doing this long enough that I know how to maneuver these kind of guns. And there's a certain level. If you're at the highest level, if you're the 10% of people that play this game, your gear can move you up that 2 to 3% to get the lead. On just the basic 100% of it, it's all your skill. It's all your technique. Players that are good on other fields come to our field, they have a hard time because they don't know all the angles yet, right? And the more they learn, the better they're going to get at them. And I can still walk on some players that have been coming here almost as long as I have just because I practice more and I know more angles. I put myself in worse positions. We have some guys, not going to call them out, they come here regularly and they always want to be on their little dream team. They want to play together and they want to crush new guys. And I always want to be on the opposite side of that. And I'm always telling them, like, if you guys want to get better, you're going to have to fight better people. You're not going to get better crushing rentals on a weekly basis. The reason I've gotten better is because I love stacking the team against me. Oh, and fighting me, of course. And fighting you. But even people like you and uh, Jake and some of the others, I know Mario's gotten good at it. They've learned a lot of my techniques, and they're starting to learn where they need to go to stop me if I do the same thing I normally do, which was fun. I actually had a game the other day where I did eight on one. I had all eight of them versus me because I want to try a new gun out. And they rapidly, rapidly figured out what paths I like to take and how I like to go, and actually had to stop and think, what was I doing two years ago? And change up on the fly. So don't let anyone bother you about what kit you have. Just because you're not wearing the most Gucci of gear doesn't mean a thing. But make sure to listen. Yeah, follow the rules. And not just the rules, but listen to what people have to say. Even if they are tormenting you about something. I mean, think about it. Oh, yeah. I don't know how many times that I've been like, hey, man, your holster's about to fall off. Hey, like, hey, what if we put your holster right here? What if we strapped it in this way? Like, I see you've got your mags over here. If you try putting them this way, because it will be a little easier to grab. I love when someone's got themselves all twisted up. I'm like, okay, now go for your handgun. I'm like, oh, I can't because my pouch or my plate carriers were probably like, yeah. When I remember were, uh, Bias. Yep. I had, it was the first day I got my drop pouch. And he was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. You're not even going to be able to get to it. I was like, oh, that's not very nice. But you're right. <laughs> so he was like, tuck in your shirt. I was like, why am I tucking my shirts? Less, he's like, then you can get your drop pouch. So I did it, and it worked, and I was like, thank you. I hate you so much, but thank you. <laughs> Definitely for someone like me that plays here two days a week, every single week, I can pick up stuff real fast. And if you're brand new, if you've just walked through the door, I'm absolutely not going to walk up to you and start harassing you about what you should and should not be doing. I'm going to let you figure it out. Now, someone that's been playing for a minute, I've got a little bit of information I want to try on them. I'll say it to them. I had just the other day 
some guys that just come in here that were something about their Glock, where they want to put their holster, and I want to jump right in, like, hey, before you put your holster there, you should really think about this. I'm like, no. I see him holding that fork over the electrical socket, and I'm like, no, you need to learn this one firsthand. Yeah. You'll die once or twice, but yeah. you'll learn. I guess we'll close now. Yep. Uh, it's been it's a very fun. Very cool. I've enjoyed it. Or episodes now. Oh, yeah. I'll be back. Uh, if you got any final wisdom. Uh, yeah, the, the best thing that you can do to get better at airsoft besides practice is to go to Instagram underscore Motley underscore Senpai. My watch my footage, comment, tell your friends. It's a good time. I had not funny, lost the account, whatever. I was Motley on there. Might make a TikTok. I don't know. These these teenagers are getting on me about TikTok. I'm not a big fan of it just yet. But you can find me there. No YouTube channel. Because I don't like YouTube's algorithm. This uh, this podcast does not endorse TikTok in any way, shape, or form. No, but we do endorse Molly. We do endorse Molly. We do endorse Molly. We put up with Molly. Yeah, someone's got to. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, or rather, listening. Uh, we'll be coming out hopefully in about two weeks with our next podcast. Woo. Hopefully going to be the usual kind of thing. I'll have a new guest. Maybe I won't. You might just invade again. Who knows? It might be me again. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you for listening.